0: Extra, Daily Planet Extra. The Man of Screen. Hi everybody, welcome to episode two of The Man of Screen Extra. My name is Mike Zumo, and on this particular episode, I'm going to take a look at the newest DC Universe animated film, Justice League vs. Teen Titans, which was released at the end of March on Blu-ray, DVD, and digital. Now, a couple notes before I begin my coverage on this episode. I wanted to thank everybody who downloaded my first episode of Man of Screen Extra, the talk between Bob Fisher and Rebecca Johnson and myself regarding the way Superman was used on the Supergirl television series on CBS. Now, we heard uh, on May 12th that Supergirl was renewed for a second season, but it has not been renewed for a second season on the CBS network. Instead, it has been shifted to C- the, C- the CW, which is jointly owned by both CBS and Warner Brothers. The move also is to will be to Vancouver, so that it will be a little bit easier for the production companies, which also run Arrow, The Flash, and Legends of Tomorrow, to work getting all of its shows done, and it will open up the possibility of crossovers between the other DC Universe shows. It's already been established by the Supergirl episode featuring the Flash called World's Finest that Supergirl and the so-called Arrowverse are in separate universes, but I'm sure the writers will be able to figure out ways to bring those heroes together in the event that they want to do that. And then the second season, I look forward to seeing how Superman is handled. Will he be the 500 gorilla in the room? Or will he be not mentioned? Or will he be continue to be a pair of boots on the table that need to be uh, talked about? We will find that out next season. And I'm thinking maybe I'll get Bob and Rebecca together again at the end of season two and see if things have improved or not. Let me know what you think. Well... With that said, I'm going to take a quick break, play a promo, and then I'm going to come back with my coverage of Justice League vs. Teen Titans. Hang around.
1: Justice League International Blah ha, ha Podcast, a new monthly show chronicling the adventures of the JLI era by Keith Giffen and J.M. DeMatteis, will be going issue by issue in release order, tackling the core Justice League title, Justice League Europe, and the quarterly book. Along the way, we'll take time out for special episodes covering various spin-offs. Cartoon appearances, the infamous TV pilot, and much more. So join me in an ever changing roster of guest hosts as we celebrate your favorite JLI members, such as
2: Martian Manhunter, Batman,
0: Dr. Fate, Black Canary, Fire, Ice, Maxwell Lord, Oberon,
3: Captain
1: Marvel, Rocket Red, Captain Adam, Mr. Miracle, Guy Gardner, Booster Gold, Blue. Beetle, Nort, and many, many more. Justice League International, Blah Ha Ha Podcast, part of the Fire and Water Podcast Network. Want to make
2: something of it?
0: Alright, welcome back, folks. Now a little bit about this film. This is, like I said, this is the, this is the latest of the DC Universe animated films. This is uh, like everything that has been produced since Justice League War a couple of years ago. It has... Based on the look and the feel of the New 52 line of DC Comics, which started in September of 2011, the basic premise of the film is Robin is sent to work with the Teen Titans after his volatile behavior botches up a Justice League mission. The Titans must then step up to face Trigon, a demon, after he possesses the League and threatens to conquer the world. So, we're going to see some more of our favorite superheroes possessed by an alien or a demonic creature. This film was directed by Sam Liu, and it was a story by Brian Q. Miller and Alan Burnett, based upon a story by Brian Q. Miller. Gardner Fox created the Justice League, and the Teen Titans were created by Bob Haney and Bruno Premiani. As far as the cast goes, Rosario Dawson plays the role of Wonder Woman, Christopher Gorham is The Flash, Shamar Moore is Cyborg, Jerry O'Connell is is Superman. Jason O'Mara is Batman. Stuart Allen is Robin. This is the Damian Wayne version of Robin, the son of Bruce Wayne, better known to some of us as the Brat Wonder. Jake T. Austin plays the role of Blue Beetle Jaime Reyes. Other actors include Thaisa Farmiga, I think that's how you say her name, as Raven, Sean Marr as Nightwing, Brandon Suhu as Beast Boy, Carrie Walgren as Starfire, and John Bernthal as Trigon. Like Rosario Dawson, Bernthal is also a star of the live-action Marvel Comics television, as he played the role of the Punisher on the second season of Daredevil, which I spoke about in March on a panel on the Two True Freaks Network. If you haven't heard that, you can check it out on twotruefreaks.com. Dawson is another member of the Netflix Marvel work, as she played the role of the nurse Claire on Daredevil and Jessica Jones. Dawson is also scheduled to show up on... Dawson's also scheduled to show up on Luke Cage later this year as Claire. Alright, so let's go right ahead into our synopsis, which is brought to you by Wikipedia. The Justice League battles the Legion of Doom, consisting of Lex Luthor, Solomon Grundy, Cheetah, Weather Wizard, and Toymaster. After the Legion is defeated and captured, Weather Wizard runs away, but is possessed by a shadow-like creature that teleports through the darkness, revealed to be the demon Trigon, whose supernatural nature allows him to physically harm Superman. Robin disobeys his father's orders to get civilians to safety. Get
1: all civilians inside. Do you read me?
4: I have a more efficient way to keep him safe, father. Robin!
0: Robin, I gave you a task.
4: Yes, as a human cattle prod, I'm being underutilized.
0: Thinking he can help the Justice League fight Trigon. Robin sets the Batwing to crash into Trigon and explode, forcing Trigon's shade to leave by the wizard.
4: I thought that would knock the fight out of him. What? We got him, didn't we?
1: What we have is an empty shell with no answers. If you had followed orders and done what you're told, we'd know more. Come on, cut him some slack. At least he was trying to... Not that I disagree.
4: You buried me in a worthless position to keep me out of the way. And I solved the entire problem.
1: This isn't about you. It's about
3: teamwork.
4: All I see is a lot of ineffectual grandstanding. Which is why I prefer to work alone.
3: And my dad thinks
0: I'm difficult. And in order for his son to learn teamwork, Batman sends Robin to join the Teen Titans. Meanwhile, Trigon's shade possesses Superman, plaguing him with visions of demonic shadows. Robin meets Titans leader Starfire, and members Raven, Beast Boy, and Blue Beetle, but his lack of respect for others causes friction.
2: He hasn't stopped for an hour and a half. Damien, it's time to let others have their turn.
4: Uh, I'm not... Ah!
2: Gee, how'd that happen? What the hell?
4: (laughs) I heard your tech was fast. I wanted to see how fast.
2: Don't mess with us, little man.
4: All right.
5: I can see we are getting off on the wrong foot. Damien,
4: this is a team effort. We need to be willing to accommodate others. Nightwing said you were a princess. Exiled, no doubt. Technically, it was a coup. And like it or not, I am the leader of this group. As I see it, you're an alien with nowhere else to go. Everyone needs a home, Damien. You included. Thank you for chiming in, witch girl. We are only here to help you realize your potential. You've been here long enough. When do you think you'll realize yours?
2: Dude, you need to show some
0: respect.
4: Oh
2: no.
0: Blue Beetle and Robin fight until Blue Beetle's suit instinctively uses an energy blast to severely burn Robin. Raven heals him, but during the process her empathic powers link their minds, tapping into each other's memories. Later, Robin thanks Raven for saving him.
4: I suppose I should thank you for healing me. Um... You're welcome. It was strange having you in my head. I felt you prying into my entire life. It was not appreciated.
5: I'm an empath. And if it makes you feel any better, I didn't see it as much as felt it. And I've been trying to shake it off ever since.
4: Then you know I'm not meant to be here at this stupid school. I was groomed for a higher calling. My grandfather's-
5: I know all about your grandfather. I felt him. He was a demon. And believe me, I know my demons.
4: He was a great man. We were going to make the world stronger, better. We were going to rule it together.
5: I know all about that game, too. Now, I don't mean to be rude, but would
4: you mind getting the hell away from me? You know, when you were in my head, I could see things about you, too. Like what? It looked like a man, but something more. Who? What was that thing?
5: It was nothing. A nightmare. It was real. I could tell. It's none of your business. Who are you to judge my life? You have other things to fix here. Just stay away from me, okay?
0: Damien tries to search up Raven's background, but no information is kept about her in the Titans' files. When he confronts Starfire about this, she replies the team isn't just for fighting crime, but also a surrogate family as they are all lost souls in a world with no place for them. Superman finds and brutally beats down atomic skull, alerting Wonder Woman and Batman. The latter uses Kryptonite to drive Superman back, revealing his possession before Superman flies off. He's not himself. What is that? Kryptonite.
1: Guess he doesn't tell you everything. The rising
3: is coming. You cannot stop it.
1: Superman, someone is controlling you.
3: You have your part to play. Both of you, the girl, will be taken.
1: Girl? Diana, wait!
5: We cannot let him! I've
1: alerted Trevor. With any luck, military satellites are tracking him now.
5: And what will we do? Wait for him to...
4: Pull the moon from the sky?
1: No, we'll get... He hasn't said anything about doing something like that, has he? No, but... We're both targets. And for all we know, so is the rest of the League. Get back to that island of yours and lock yourself in the darkest, deepest tomb you can find.
0: I'll call.
4: But Clark and I are... You can't
5: expect me to hide.
0: It was worth a shot. Cyborg tries to locate Superman and a female with supernatural powers, whom Trigon is searching for. He and Batman analyze footage of both the transformed Superman and the shadow demon that possessed Weather Wizard, concluding that if the host is damaged or overwhelmed, they will be freed from it. In the meantime, in order to loosen Damien up, Starfire takes the, group to, takes the group to a carnival, where Raven encounters demon emissaries and Trigon in spirit form.
3: It is me, child. How? Never leave unfinished, what you start. You fled.
5: I left. I had you.
2: Yet, here I am.
5: If you were really here, I'd smell your stink. You're still trapped. All you can send are these losers.
3: I will be there. It's our destiny to be together, Raven. Always. We're family. You can make that
5: happen. You can bring me. I will fight you every step. You're an abomination!
3: Watch your tongue,
5: ungrateful girl! (laughs)
2: Look at yourself. Weak. Lonely.
3: (laughs) Aligning with chattel. It is beneath my contempt and I will not have it. You will be a part of this, child. You will know the glory of Trigon.
5: Mother of Azeroth, give me strength!
0: With the help of the other Titans, Raven resists and fights the Emissaries until they cannot maintain their presence on the earthly plane and dissipate. Afterward, the Titans demand answers from Raven.
5: Robin said I didn't know enough about you. I think he was right. You told me you didn't have a father. What I said is that he's gone.
4: That's not the same as dead. He's dead to me! So, why is he trying to kill you? He's not trying to kill me.
5: It's much worse.
4: Safe to say we're not in Kansas anymore. It's no Starfield I recognize.
5: Where are we? Somewhere my father can't see us.
4: Alright, let's hear it.
5: There's so much. I guess it starts with my mom. She was young, rebellious and gullible. Of course she wound up in a cult. Anyway, they decided to do the classic Bride of Satan right. And guess who got to be the lucky bride? I doubt anyone expected it to work, but the ancient ceremony turned out to be the real thing. So Mom, with her great powers of judgment, didn't hesitate to hook up with the guy who emerged from the smoke.
4: Whoa, 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 wait. So your mom did it with Satan?
5: His name is Trigon, but basically, yes.
4: But they totally did it.
5: Garfield! That was inappropriate. Go on. It gets weirder. Mom fled the cult, and was on the run with nowhere to go, when she gets saved by these people from another dimension, the people of Azeroth, a realm of beauty, peace, and tranquility, where needless to say, I did not fit in, and I must have inherited my mom's terrible judgment, because I thought if I found out more about the monster who made me, I'd be able to make sense of myself. its Trojan Horse. He took me to his hellish universe. I could hardly bear the horrors I saw there. Why did Trigon want you? He wanted Earth. He's a conqueror of worlds. But he needs a powerful conduit to open Earth to his control.
4: And you're half-human. His way in.
5: But my magic was stronger than he realized. Before he could use me, I was able to trap him inside a crystal. It should have held him. Perhaps if I had stayed there, it would've. But I wanted a home.
2: Why didn't you go back to Azerath?
5: This is Azerath.
0: The Titans offer their support to Raven in defeating Trigon.
4: Wait! Leave now and you'll always be running.
5: You have no idea what he's like, Damien. You've never met a monster like Trigon.
2: You beat him once.
5: I was lucky.
4: Now you'll be four times as lucky. If we can't save one of our own, who can we save?
2: I thought you hated us.
4: I'm not wishing you dead anymore. Robin's right.
0: We're your best hope. But the Justice League arrives in order to take Raven away. However, before they can act, Flash, Cyborg, and Wonder Woman are taken over by Trigon's shadow and turned into demon emissaries. Batman prevents his own possession by injecting himself with a nerf toxin designed for Bane, putting himself in a comatose state and thus causing the Shade to abandon him. The Titans battle the League without success, causing Raven to surrender herself just before the League and Raven use a portal to leave. Blue Beetle brings back Cyborg from Trigon's control. Robin locates Raven in the Middle East, revealing he put a tracer on the Titans after meeting them. Cyborg and the Titans portal to the Middle East to discover that Superman has unearthed a mystical shrine that Raven uses her powers on so that Trigon can pass through the shrine as a gate. Robin stabs Superman with kryptonite to free him from Trigon and back to his own self. Superman defeats Flash and Wonder Woman, which frees them both. Titans save Raven, but not before Trigon returns to his physical form. Superman, Raven has a plan. The Titans need my help.
3: I'm going to hell.
0: Following Raven's plan, the Titans and Cyborg portal to Hell to retrieve the crystal to lock away her father. While the Justice League attempts to prevent Trigon from reaching innocent civilians, Beast Boy's biology reacts oddly to the dimension, initially forcing him to take the form of demonic beasts. The Titans battle hordes of guardian demons while Raven gets the crystal, but an undead Ra's Ghul shatters it.
4: Grandfather?
0: Damien. My blood.
4: It's a trick. I saw you die.
3: No trick. It's me, I assure you. I exist. Lord Trigon is my sustenance.
4: He's a devil.
3: No. He's a god of necessity. How do you think I attained my power? Where do you think the Lazarus Pits came from? It's all his doing. And he can make things whole again. For a price. He can give us the world we wanted. You and I, a perfect world. She's the only one who stands in the way. Prove your love, grandson. Take care of this for me, before my pact with Trigon expires.
4: I... I would do anything to bring you back. But Grandfather, I I don't...
3: You hesitate. Why? Are you afraid to do the one act That will restore me to life.
4: I'm not afraid of anything.
3: You dare disobey me? Have you forgotten your heritage?
4: You are
3: an Al Ghul!
4: No. I'm a titan!
0: He engages his grandfather in combat, and ultimately defeats and kills him. Overcoming her inner doubts and Trigon's telepathic attempts to dissuade her, Raven uses her powers to link to Trigon to re-imprison him in a shard of the Broken Crystal. Give up! Stop me, Raven.
3: You always have been. Just like your mother.
5: No. My only weakness was loving you. Hoping I'd be loved in return. But all you were capable of giving was pain. So I ran away. And found friends. Friends I would give my life for. Friends who give me love. And the strength to do this. Nilrak no Anik Rakuten. Nilrak no Anik Rakuten. Nilrak no Anik Rakuten. No Anik Rakuten.
0: Raven informs the Titans that the Shard must stay in hell and be watched always, in case Trigon tries once again to break free. She puts herself forward as Trigon's keeper, but the Titans assure her that her home is with them.
5: Unfortunately, this is my home. I have to watch him.
4: It's not your home. Home is the place where, when you have to go there, they have to take you in. Robert Frost. You are
0: full of surprises, Damien. You're coming with us. Back at Titan's Tower, the group, now joined by Robin and Cyborg, allowed it by the Justice League for saving Earth, and Raven wears her father's crystal prison on her forehead, even as he is angrily demanding his release. In a post credit scene, Terra is seen approaching the Titan's Tower, riding a boulder across the sea. Alright, now for some analysis of the film. I'm sure you're all dying to know what I think. Now, in all honesty, I fell asleep on this at about the 40-minute mark right after they all suited up for the fight at the carnival. I'm not sure if that's an indictment against the film, or against my ability to stay awake while watching something. I'll be honest, it might be the former, as later that night, I watched about three episodes of Fear the Walking Dead without a problem. Overall, this is very much a Titans film. More specifically, Robin. And like I mentioned before, the Robin in question is Damian Wayne, the fourth Robin, after Tim Drake at least. And I'm going to be honest with you, If you are already not a fan of the Brat Wonder, trust me, this film is not going to change your mind. I am glad that the makers of these DC animated movies are starting to dip their toes in not making direct adaptations of stories that have appeared in the comics. Of course, as I say that, they're not far from releasing Batman the Killing Joke, which is an adaptation of of the Alan Moore Prestige format book from 1988. But as far as these original stories go, now I'm just kind of waiting for them to show some higher quality. And I, I'll be honest, I even though this one wasn't bad, I really don't see myself watching this ever again. I am really not enough of a Titans fan to do so. Even though the Justice League is featured in the film, the story definitely revolves around Robin and the Teen Titans. And in my opinion, the quality of the DC animated movies has declined somewhat since the Flashpoint Paradox ushered in some more New 52 influences. Maybe that's the reason why I'm not enjoying them as much. I am very much a post-crisis guy. That's where most of my comics reading has come from. I'm not enjoying the New 52 comics as much as I did. The stuff that was published between, let's say, 1986 and 2005. This film will start right away with, with some action as the Justice League is fighting the Legion of Doom. Because that's pretty much what the Justice League does. There is no explanation for why the League is fighting the Legion of Doom. What the Legion of Doom has done to bring everything to this point. They're just fighting. And that's fine. The first shot we see is of Superman taking down Lex Luthor who is decked out in his power armor. You know, just seeing the animated Luthor in the power armor. You know... Makes me wonder if we'll ever see Jesse Eisenberg in that thing. Probably not. I actually like Superman's suit in this movie for the most part. I still can't stand that high collar that they they put him in in 2011, and I'm glad the comics are going to get rid of it with the rebirth event that's going to be relaunching the DC Universe or whatever the hell it's going to be doing. The belt is still red, but it resembles the belt from the Man of Steel costume more than the new 52 suit. At least the New 52 suit he wore before the Rebirth relaunch. And honestly, if the movie suit kind of had this red belt instead of the black or gray or whatever it is, I might like that suit quite a bit more. As he's fighting, Cyborg is going one-on-one with the Toy Master, and he even makes a joke about geeks in basements. As someone who is podcasting right now from his basement, that joke wears old quite easily. And right now, the this film is kind of making... Solomon Grundy, basically an evil version of the Hulk. And the film is going to continue that plagiarism by having him yell, Grundy smash. All they need now is to color him green. Robin, who, like I said before, that that this film is going to center on, is a little brat from the minute we meet him in this film, basically calling people a bunch of sheep. Well
4: in hand, father. As predicted, they respond like contemptible sheep.
0: This Robin, Damian Wayne, was... A brat from the minute we met him in the comics, and like it or not, that portrayal is pretty much accurate to the way we were introduced to him before the New 52, when Grant Morrison decided to grace us with Damien's presence. Luthor, in what has become a tired justification for everything he does since forever, continues to blame Superman and his friends for the presence of villains. Smarter than this, Luthor. Your kind attracts their kind. I'm simply an innocent industrialist caught in the middle. I'm not really buying that. You know, one thing that Superman has been written to say in the comics, and this is something Jeff Johns did in the Up Up and Away storyline in 2006, I want to say, shortly after Superman returns, is that when Luthor would say he has to constantly one-up Superman. There was a story where Superman was gone for a year because he lost his powers after Infinite Crisis, and Superman basically says to him, I was gone a year, what have you done since then? And we know that he hasn't done anything good. So, Luthor is evil, just because. I'm not sure what it means that my favorite shot of this film is only a few minutes in. The Weather Wizard is fighting the Flash, and the Wizard is up in the sky, and The Flash runs on the raindrops in order to get up to the cloud where where the wizard is perched. You know, I really liked that. It was a beautiful shot of the Flash running up those raindrops. Overall, it wasn't a bad first fight. We get to see just about everything. We get to see Batman, Flash, Cyborg, and Wonder Woman in action. She's fighting the Cheetah. This film does not feature Justice League members Aquaman and Green Lantern. There is a passing mention to Shazam, Captain Marvel for those who aren't familiar with DC's rebranding. He's not there either. And after the fight the plot starts immediately. There's not enough there's not a lot of time to waste in these films as these animated movies usually clock in at around 80 minutes. The plot starts with the weather wizard getting taken over by a demon. Uh, Wiz? Azeroth calls. The child must answer.
3: The hour of his rising is at hand.
0: Oh boy. At the moment, we, the viewers, don't know who this child is, but we will find out in short order. Superman takes charge rather rashly here and rushes the wizard and is given a nosebleed for his troubles. For those of you who aren't completely familiar with S- Superman's other weaknesses, the live-action stuff that I've covered for the most part has given us his only weakness as kryptonite, but the man of Steel is also vulnerable to magic and the supernatural, So, and a demon such as this. Taps in on the supernatural, so it's pretty easy for them to exploit this particular vulnerability in Superman's skill set. Now, I like that this film, at least initially here, is using Batman for what he should be used for. For crowd control. And I like how Superman is kind of taking, like I said, he's taking charge here as he hoists a car over his head. Superman makes sure Batman is taking care of the bystanders while he goes after the heavy hitters. In this case, the demon. This is where Robin is going to show his first act of defiance. He'll steal the Batwing and, and use it to ram the demon because he is being, in his words, underutilized. As he's ramming the Batwing, he's firing all the missiles into the wizard, destroying the plane, and ending the threat, despite orders from Batman to stand down. And for those of you who are as familiar with Batman as I am, you know that Daddy Bats is not going to be very happy with it with Sonny Boy here. Wonder Woman is going to exorcise the Weather Wizard's demon by wrapping her up in her lasso of truth, the magic lasso. And the Weather Wizard is going to barf up the demon. I want you to remember that for later. You might see something like this again. Now, I'm going to give you the biggest shock you're going to hear on this podcast. Batman is angry. Because, as we all know, Batman is always angry. This time he's angry because Robin disobeyed his orders. And because the Weather Wizard doesn't remember anything that happened during his possession, and this is where we start to see a bit of a rift between father and son, and basically all this gets Robin is eventually sent to team to the Teen Titans to learn how to work as a team. And I always find it funny that Batman is lecturing someone on teamwork. Says, you know, as a reader in the comics, Batman is usually the one always accused of not being able to play along with the team. I mean, there was one story that, there were several stories, actually, that involved failsafes Batman had created to stop other members of the League, and they've destroyed the team. Now, after the opening credits, there's a sequence with Damien and Dick Grayson, also Nightwing. Dick is driving Damien to Titan's Tower, and, you know, the one time I actually liked Damien early on in the comics was when Dick was Batman after, after Bruce was thought to be killed during the events of Final Crisis. They had good chemistry, like brothers instead of father and son. And eventually they developed a respect for each other, and they had a pretty good working relationship, which pretty much disappeared after Bruce Wayne eventually took back the mantle of the bat from Dick. I love the shot of them driving up to the old-school Titans Tower. It is the uh, building that is in the shape of a T. I'm not sure such a building is architecturally sound, but I love seeing that old building design. It just pushes all the right geek buttons for me. And this is where we get to meet the current roster of the Teen Titans. We've got Blue Beetle, Jaime Reyes' version, Raven, and Beast Boy. You know, I could do without some of the cheap jokes like Beast Boy being naked when he comes out of Beast Mode in front of Raven. And and apparently, Starfire, who is a... Tamaranian princess, is the chaperone for these Titans, and they're all there to become their best selves. Apparently, this is teenage a teenage superhero support group. And I love that the last thing Dick says to Damien before he opens the door to the Batmobile, he tells him,
1: Try not to behead anyone.
0: I guess is a major concern. Maybe we'll want to think about that later. Now, as... Dick comes out of the Batmobile, which I think it's the Batmobile. I'm not sure if it's the Nightwing mobile. There is a very awkward conversation between Nightwing and Starfire. Those of us who have read early 80s and I guess some 90s Titans comics, I don't know. I don't know if they went that far into the 90s. But Nightwing and Starfire were at the very least in a relationship. They might have even been engaged, but I haven't really read enough of those Titans books from that time to be sure. But they were together. Let's leave it at that. Now, in true Damien fashion, Damien will blow off the Titans. But Raven will notice he's sad as opposed to just plain old obnoxious. One of the good things about this film is going to be the developing relationship between Raven and Damien. Speaking of relationships, just like in the New 52 comics, Superman and Wonder Woman are seeing each other. This was alluded to... As I recall, in one of the Justice League animated films, there were two. I'm not sure if it was War or Throne of Atlantis, but it's one of those two. She's modeling some glasses that she just bought while talking to Clark on the phone. And Clark is doing his laundry. Very mundane for the Man of Steel. And it shows that Wonder Woman is not above uh, making a big joke out of Clark's secret identity as she asks him, Yeah,
3: I was thinking a movie might be nice. Just you and me. No men in tights.
0: That sounds
4: nice. By the way, I bought some new glasses. You might not recognize me.
1: I'm sure I'll be able to pick you out no matter what you're wearing. See you soon.
0: But now, there's a a demon in the basement. And, yep, you guessed it. It's going to take over Superman. We didn't see that coming, did we? Now, obviously, here, the cold is an indicator that something is wrong. And there's a shadowy figure running around. And this blob basically disgustingly rams... It's stuffed Superman's throat. Very pretty image. Now, this is where we're going to see Damien's interesting relaxation techniques. Damien is going to hog the fight simulator and not let anyone else train him. He's going on for 90 minutes. Now, honestly, if I'm relaxing for 90 minutes, I'm going to be on the couch with a book, you know, maybe some comics or a movie. I am not going to be swinging a sword at simulated ninjas. But, Damien is definitely not making any friends here, as he immediately tests Blue Beetle, making Starfire give him electron teamwork, and all she gets is for her troubles is an insult from him, nothing but disrespect from the brat wonder, and it ends up with him and Beetle eventually throwing down, and the Scarab absolutely kicks the crap out of Damien. you know. So good, movie over. Next time on Man of Screen Extra. Oh, never mind. Starfire doesn't let the bug kill him, and unfortunately Raven won't let the DCU live in peace and revives Damien by calling, up, calling upon the powers of Skull, I mean, Azeroth, <sighs> of all the time and trouble she could have saved us. But no, we are going to be subject to more of the Bratwonder. Wonder. I like how after Raven exerts herself to bring Damien back to life, I like how they all tend to her. She needs time to heal and to repent. For bringing Damien back. He, we perhaps should have left him dead, but we're not going to. And now we're back to the Justice League. For some reason, Cyborg is offering Batman pizza. That would be a sight to see. I mean, really, you very rarely see Batman eating something that Alfred prepared. It just would seem to be an odd image to see Batman chowing down on a slice with Cyborg. And Batman does bring up a valid point. Cyborg is absolutely going to town on this pizza, and Batman wants to know where the pizza goes if he doesn't have a stomach. Cyborg just says, you don't want to know, which to me basically means the writers didn't want to have to come up with a good enough explanation. For those of you who don't know Cyborg's origin story, he gets all of his cybernetic implants after he is severely injured in an accident, and he was rebuilt with the help of a mother box from his father by his father, Silas Stone, who has apparently seen Robocop because he gives Victor that same spike on his fist to access computers that OCP gave to Alex Murphy when they recreated him. Now this gives Batman a chance to spot the demon that took over Weather Wizard, indicating a gap in the shadow and the column. Now we move on to Superman and Wonder Woman. Wonder Woman is complaining about the male-dominated popular culture films and complaining that the female lead is more of a damsel in distress. I'm not sure if this is the place where I want to see uh, gender roles in pop culture analysis, but Wonder Woman is happy to give us some. And what's up with the shadows in in the animation in this film? This isn't the first film to do this, but why is there like a diamond shape on everyone's arms? At first I thought Diana had a tattoo on her arm. And why does every character, even the woman, the women, look as though they have a soul patch on their face? I don't know, the animation in these films drives me nuts. So after their date, apparently now is a good time for Clark to remember that he was possessed by a demon. As he sees some hellish images and kind of gets mad at Diana and storms away because he's possessed. And that's what you do when you're possessed. You get mad at people and just kind of stamp away like a petulant child. Now it's time for some bonding between Raven and Robin. He's complaining that she was in his head, and they bond in the fact that both of their parents are demons. Damien is the demon's head, Ra's al Ghul, the leader of the League of Shadows for centuries, and as we're going to find out here, or as that we find out later, Raven's father is the demon, dragon. And right now in the discussion here, it seems apparent that Damien is more loyal to Ra's al Ghul, his grandfather, than he is to his father, Batman. Perhaps that can change. Now, after that tender discussion between Damien and Raven, we're back, and here's an amusing image of Clark banging his head against the wall and getting the demon's attention as he unlocks the shrine. And then he turns into Superman, and he's fighting the Atomic Skull. I was quite surprised to see the writers of this film dig out the Atomic Skull. It's been years since I've seen him in a comic. I don't think I've seen him since the new 52. I could be wrong, but I know it's been years before that, before he came out. And Batman catches catches up to Superman and Wonder Woman and tries to use Kryptonite on the Man of Steel. Because Batman always has the Kryptonite with him just in case. And this is much to Wonder Woman's dismay. Apparently here, in this universe, Superman has not told Wonder Woman that he is... Vulnerable to Kryptonite. I'm not sure why he would not tell the woman he's seeing and claims to love something so important, but he doesn't. And Superman tells Batman that the girl will be taken. This is the second reference now to the girl. The first was by Weather Wizard early in the film. But who is this girl? They don't know. Now, I like how Batman pauses here when Wonder Woman asks if they're going to wait for Superman to pull the moon out of the sky. At first, he, it, it doesn't rush into Wither, but then he stops, and he's like, wait a minute. Almost wondering if Superman had said he would do something like that. You know, just real fun putting Wonder Woman on the defensive. Now, Damien clearly has issues with boundaries, as he's in Starfire's room looking up information on Raven. Even though it's not on the computer, Starfire shows that she somewhat knows what's going on, and apparently... Robin has seen those old posters I used to see in the school library, Knowledge is Power, to the quotes out to Starfire, and he shows that he doesn't really believe in faith either. He's all about science and creating your own opportunities. And I think by now, Starfire has had it with Damien as she summoned up her Tamarainian powers and blasted, blasted him into oblivion. Ending the film. Next time on Man... Oh, no, I know... She doesn't do that. I wish she would have. The DC Universe would have been better for it. But apparently, what she needs to do next is go take a shower and uh, talk to Dick on the phone while she's grooming herself. Then talk to Dick about the situation while she's drying off in a bathrobe. And then she also lays down, uh, giving Dick a nice view of her legs. But Dick mentions that, says something about fun, and apparently Starfire figures out that fun is the answer. Now I'm just waiting for Zack Snyder and company to figure out that fun might be the answer. So, now, Demonic Superman, there is nothing really fun about that. But he is trying to rescue a Stargate from the Sahara. Yeah, I've seen that movie too. But it does transition very nicely into a Ferris wheel, as apparently a trip to the amusement park is going to solve all the Titans' problems. Raven and Damien both show that they seem to be incapable of fun. You know, they seem to have that in common too. But they do have some fun with the Funhouse Mirrors. Damien's big button, Raven's big head. You know, it's a good, that kind of thing is a good laugh if you're 12 or younger. I just rolled my eyes. Damien wins the ring toss, which I hate because I personally think that carnival game where you throw the rings onto the bottles is impossible. But he wins and wins a sword. And I think he just got this sword because his real sword annoyed Jaime earlier in the car as Damien was going to bring his sword into the carnival, but Jaime told him not to. This is the first time here that Damien shows a bit of a softer side, and he gives the the sword to the little girl, which kind of shows that he's learning something, and this plays into what Raven is going to say a few minutes later.
5: Here, have some. That tastes like pure sugar. Boy, were you up in those mountains a long time.
4: It was a joke. I'm not criticizing. I knew it was a joke. And if you knew me, you wouldn't waste your time trying.
5: I guess neither of our lives are very funny. But I'll tell you something about yourself that not even you know. You may be insufferable. But in your heart, you are a kind and generous soul.
0: Good to know. Now Garfield is playing Dance Dance Revolution in One Jaime. I didn't even know that game still existed, and quite frankly, I didn't care. But apparently Damien decides to give it a try, and as a quick study, he turned out he's pretty good at it. Like his father, he looks at anything long enough and he's an expert. <sighs> what can you say? I thought this particular scene went on a little bit longer than necessary. To find out how long is just too long, just add the amount of time this sequence lasts to zero, and you'll have your answer. So, while they are dancing, the, some demons like, possess some children around, and they lead Raven off to the woods outside of the carnival. And all while Raven is off verbally sparring with Trigon and his minions, Damien beats Garfield at DDR. And now we have a Titan's Go moment, as we had a very long, drawn-out sequence of everyone changing into their costumes. probably takes up about a minute. I think this is where I dozed off during my initial viewing of the film, as their Mighty Morphin Power Rangers moment was the last thing I remembered. Now we get a battle between the Demons and the Titans, and they're not faring too well. Raven is doing her her best to hold them off, but Robin comes in with his bat gadgets and cleans everything up. But they come back to again, and we get another superhero battle in the carnival. It's not a bad battle, it gives us a chance to see the Titans in action, and for Beast Boy to morph into kangaroos and elephants, and what can go wrong with having a green character morph into kangaroos and elephants. And the battle ends with our first look at Demonic Raven, who, when she I guess when she taps deep enough into our powers, she looks like Trigon with the red face and the four eyes. This is when Starfire realizes that Robin was right, and that she didn't know anything about Raven. Gee, Corey, you think? So now we're going to have some story time, and Raven is going to take everybody to Azeroth so she can fill everyone in on their or- on her origin. Now once that's done, Raven does what just about every other superhero in comics does. She plays the martyr by vowing to fight Trigon alone and put a protective spell over the Titans. Now we all know how these things go. It's a common trope in superhero literature. Robin is not going to go let her fight alone, and he has a great line about how Raven will be four times as lucky with the rest of the Titans to back her up. And that's when Batman, Cyborg, and Flash show up they try to take Raven because they're the Justice League and they take care of these kinds of situations, but Robin defies Batman and then we discover that Trigon kind of wanted the Justice League to show up at Titans Tower. Robin very casually calls Batman father and that sends a shock over the Titans because while everybody realized he was Robin and had a connection to Batman, nobody really knew how deep the connection ran. The League tries to take Raven and that starts a fight between the Titans and the League. And here we go for the third time this month. The first time was was Batman v Superman in March. The second time was Captain America Civil War. And now here, I am watching superheroes fight superheroes, and I'm starting to get tired of this trope. The demon has tried to possess Batman, but of course Batman has an antidote in his utility belt. I think we're getting back to the days where if Batman needed a Tasmanian dwarf that could tap dance while playing the harmonica, he'd have that in his utility belt. He's got some nerve toxin meant for Bane and, you know, puts Batman down for the count. Now the Titans are fighting the Possessed League, and the Possessed League wins, and Raven goes to save the Titans, kind of playing into the demons, calling them feeble humans. But before they go, Beetle... Shocks Cyborg and frees him from his demonic possession. So Raven goes to Trigon, and Cyborg wakes up 24 hours later. Batman is still down, which I like. Usually, Batman is the kind of the end-all, be-all of the Justice League, and seeing him lying unconscious on a table for about 24 hours brings warm feelings with my heart to my heart. Cyborg, meanwhile, is with the Titans, and you know what? This is where he belongs. I. I mean, Cyborg was always around in the comics as I grew up, but he was always a member of the Teen Titans. I was never really a fan of his promotion to the Justice League. You know, especially since he took the spot of one of my favorite Justice League characters, John Jones, the Martian Manhunter, who was a member of every Justice League version that existed in the comics while during my collecting run of about eight or so years from 1992 to about 2000-2001. And even though that was my... kind of the wheelhouse of my collecting comics, I read just about everything that I'm interested in that DC has, po- has put out between 86 and the current day. I'm about a year or so behind on current comics. But up until the New 52, The Martian Manhunter was part of just about every version of the Justice League, and I don't like the fact that he's not there anymore. If DC Comics was that determined to put an African-American in the Justice League for the sake of diversity, I would have much preferred they kept the Martian Manhunter there and used the Green Lantern Jon Stewart. But I don't make these decisions. I just have to live with them. And so the Titans need a way to take out Superman because, you know, things look pretty, pretty bleak if the Man of Steel is still possessed. And I love Beast Boy's reaction when we find out Robin might actually have a way to take out Superman.
3: But you guys barely held your own against Flash and Wonder Woman. And that's without Superman being on deck.
4: He shouldn't be a problem. Yeah, right. Like you got a way to take out Superman. Oh my god, I think
0: he does. Like father, like son, I guess. Now, they go into battle at the cyborg booms up to the Middle East, and Starfire yells, Titans go! again. What happened to Titans together? I seem to like that a lot better. But, at least this film has given me that. The Marvel still hasn't given me a good Avengers assemble. And, the way things are going, I don't think they're going to. We find out like his father, Robin has been keeping some kryptonite in his belt, and stabs Superman with it to exercise his demon. Like I said before, like Batfather, like Robin's son. And, uh, Superman barfs up the demon and politely asks Damien to take out the kryptonite. Uh, Sensible request. I think Superman could have said thanks, but he doesn't. I don't think he likes the Brat Wonder any more than the rest of us do. I like to see a little exchange between Superman and Starfire. Starfire. You okayed this? Yes. Good call. Compliments her for organizing the Titan the Titans going into the Middle East to kinda solve the problem. Now I like two things about this film right here. One, Batman is sidelined, so we can't do everyone's job for them. And I really liked Batman's usage in the earlier in the film when he basically does crowd control, which, in my opinion, is what the non-powered hero should be doing in these big supervillain fights. And I also like that Superman is taking charge here. Honestly, I think Superman has a better showing here in this film than he does in Batman v Superman. And in Batman v Superman, the film was kind of centered around him. And it's going to fall to Superman to break the possession of the other League members. First, he takes on The Flash and basically steps on his ankle and breaks it. But he does apologize beforehand, so I'm sure that will make everything all better. How long will it take you to heal?
2: Uh, Oh my god, an hour? Also, seriously?!
3: You've got 10 minutes.
0: Yeah, Superman is taking on Wonder Woman, and he uses the lasso on her, and I found this kind of weird, because I thought the lasso only works for Wonder Woman, but apparently Superman can wield it as well, as he uses it to free Wonder Woman from the demon. Now remember how Diana was complaining about the movie earlier in the film that she and Clark saw together, complaining about how the female lead was no more than a an damsel in distress? Well... And she didn't mind being the damsel in distress here to be saved by her boyfriend Superman. Raven is still in trouble as Trigon is about to be freed from hell and he emerges as a giant. A giant I might add that doesn't have any shoes on. And I really have to wonder how bad Demonic feed that large smell, but that's a story for that's a question for another time. I will say that the giant Trigon is a pretty nice looking animation. You know, I really have few complaints about the artwork. Aside from the shadowing and everybody's soul patches. But that's about it. And Cyborg is going to go work with the Titans here. And again, this is far more natural than his working with the Justice League. And he quite literally follows them straight into hell. Now, after they go, Superman is going to take on Trigon. And I love the double sonic boom as Superman rams the monster. The first sonic boom as he's flying. And then the second one as he hits Trigon, who... ...barely reacts, so... ...if Superman can fly into him and barely cause the monster to move... ...we know what kind of power level we're dealing with here. And now we get two fights. We get the Justice League on Earth fighting the giant Trigon... ...and the Titans in Hell fighting to restore the crystal... ...so Raven can trap Trigon in it again. Now, I love how everything stops when the Flash punches Trigon... ...as if he was going to decide whether that hurt him or not. In Hell, there is a three-headed monster the Titans have to fight. Apparently it has no eyes... Three heads with no eyes. To me, that is a serious design flaw. Just as Raven is about to take the crystal, someone throws a sword at it and destroys it. It's a dead Ra's al Ghul who died in a previous Batman film. I believe it was Son of Batman. Apparently he made a deal with the Devil Trigon, and apparently the Lazarus Pits also came from Trigon. I don't recall reading anything about that in my previous comics reading, but okay. I guess for, if it works for the plot, it works for me. But now Rage has a choice for Damien. So, remember how earlier in the film, I mentioned that it seems as though Damien is more loyal to his grandfather than he was to Batman? Well, he has, he's had a change of heart since then, and he chooses the Titans. And he fights his undead grandfather. So, good for you, Damien. Now... Raven takes a shard of the broken crystal and remember how Dick told him not to behead anyone earlier in the film? Well, Robin is going to behead Rachel al Ghul, And that should be the last we hear from the Demon's Head for quite some time, I hope. <clears throat> some of these later Batman films have overused Ra's al Ghul, to the point where I'm getting tired of seeing my favorite Batman villain. So, Raven next summons up the power to trap Trigon in the shard. I like this animation as she envelops him with his her shadow-like power, and despite his attempt to get out, the r- animated purple raven just pulls him back to hell through the ground, and a, that looks beautiful. And the Justice League members are very happy that they don't have to deal with him anymore. Now Beast Boy tries to recruit Cyborg, who, you know, sometimes you forget that even though he's kind of up there with the big guns, he is probably only in his early 20s. But he kind of disses the disses the Titans, kind of calling up the minor leagues, which basically causes Beast Boy to get insulted, morph into a donkey, and make a fart joke.
2: Dude, thanks for helping out. It was nice to have a big gun around.
4: Yeah, you ought to dump those stuck-up jerks and sign up with us.
3: It was nice not to be the kid for once, but when you've been in the majors,
0: you know what I'm saying. <laughs> I probably didn't need the uh, lowbrow humor there, but somebody likes that. Whoever it is, it isn't me. Robin is going to convince Raven to come along, you know. At this point, she blames herself because Trigon got out because she thinks it's because she wasn't there to watch him, to serve as her jail- his jailer for, for all time. And Robin, of all people, convinces her that that's not the case. And he proves his point by... Recording some Robert Frost, which is not what I was expecting, but okay, Uh, I'll take it. So, everybody goes home. And ten days later, the Justice League is complimenting the Titans and telling him how proud they are as Cyborg booms in with a pizza, with the Justice League on the screen, causing kind of an awkward moment as Batman just hangs up on them. Hey guys, it's pizza night.
3: Boom tube delivery. Less than 30 minutes. Carry on, Titans. Okay, that was awkward.
0: Apparently, Cyborg really likes pizza, and he really ingested it into that body of his that doesn't have a stomach. Apparently, at this point, Raven is wearing the shard on her head, and Trigon is just ranting and raving. You know, I wonder if they can hear each other. If they can, that's going to be hell on both of them. And as Tryon is raving at the end of this film, that's kind of the first time I really recognized the voice of John Bernthal, who I thought did a pretty good job disguising his voice for most of the film. And I guess I don't know Rosario Dawson's voice well enough to recognize her as Wonder Woman, because knowing who was playing Wonder Woman didn't really take me out of the film in any way. After it's all said and done, we get a post credit scene, as DC animated films here are apparently taking a page out of the Marvel Studios book. And Terra is coming toward the tower on a boulder. Just in case there are sequels to this. I'm not really into Titans movies, but someone might be. The producers have said, you know, as usual, whether there are future Titans installments depends upon how well this film does. That's that. That's pretty much my analysis of the film. I'm going to take a quick break, and then I'll come back with some final thoughts. Hang around.
2: Are you willing to follow me on a journey and risk getting lost in the swirling maze of past ages, protected only by our red indestructible capes as we break through the final unexplored realm of the time barrier to explore the fantastic Silver Age adventures of the world's greatest hero, Superman? If so, join me each week on the Superman Fan Podcast, as together we'll follow the Man of Steel, his cousin Supergirl, and his closest friends, Perry White. Lois Lane, Jimmy Olsen, Lana Lang, Batman and Robin, and others in Superman's never-ending quest to defend truth and justice in the pages of Action Comics, Superman, World's Finest Comics, Superman's pal Jimmy Olsen, and Superman's girlfriend Lois Lane. Go to the Superman Fan supermanfanpodcast.blogspot.com available on iTunes and most other podcast aggregators. You can also follow the podcast on Facebook, Twitter, Tumblr, Medium, Flipboard, and Stitcher. And after you listen, feel free to send email to supermanfanpodcast at gmail.com. And unless you request otherwise, I look forward to reading your comments on future episodes. And don't forget to wear your red indestructible cape. Standard safety equipment for traveling through the time barrier.
0: Alright, folks, welcome back. I just want to give some final thoughts on the film before I go. And, you know, I thought it was alright. It wasn't the greatest thing I ever watched, and I'm not sure whether I'll watch it again. You know, it's average movie. You know, 5 out of 10. Some of the humor really wasn't to my liking. But it was okay, you know. I enjoyed both previous superhero movies that I've watched better than I've liked this one, so I guess I'm just going to leave it at that. And I want to know what you think. Drop me a line. You can email me at manofscreen at gmail.com. You can find the show on Facebook. Search for the Man of Screen podcast. I have a Twitter feed now. You can find me on Twitter. I'm at Man of Screencast. And, uh, you can drop me an iTunes review. And I've recently submitted the podcast to Google Play, and hopefully that'll be on there soon. So, with that said, everybody. I will talk to everybody next time. Thanks for listening, everybody. Have a good one. The Man of Screen podcast is produced by Mike Zumo, and all opinions upon the show are those of Mike Zumo and his guests, and no one else. All music and sound clips used in the making of the show are for review purposes only, and no copyright infringement is intended. All trademarks are copyrighted are their original copyright holders. The Man of Screen podcast is a member of the Superman Podcast Network, can be found at www.supermanpodcastnetwork.com. The homepage for the show is manofscreen.podomatic.com, and you can email the show
2: at manofscreen@gmail.com. At Thanks for listening.